right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref. Uh, if you missed Hour 1, we had a good 40 minutes to start the show on the the portal edition for Oklahoma in uh, you know, the Wake Forest edge rusher that they brought in whose name is going to be one of those that I'll probably pronounce 86 different ways, but <laughs> I feel like we're all going with Bothroyd right now. Is that correct? Rondell Bothroyd. I'm sure I'll get a Bothroyd in there. Let or me a ask Bothroyd. you this. Go ahead. If you saw the pronunciation guide, which I did from Wake Forest, B-A-H-T-H, would you say that's Both? Both, yeah. Yeah. The, the thing is they're trying to get away. Oh, I just bonked my head and almost cussed on the air. Um, I bet they're trying to get away from people saying Bothroyd. So Bothroyd, Randall Bothroyd is added. And we'll wait and see if anything happens at the receiver position. But uh, if you miss it, podcast has been popping up quick, uh, kref.com. Or search The Ref, however you consume podcasts, through uh, Apple. I'm a big Apple podcast listener. Spotify. I, honestly, I don't really know. Spreaker, I guess some people still use. iHeartRadio is a good one. SiriusXM. Uh, simply search KREF or search The Ref, and you can find our one. We were all over it. We owe you a lot on the win last night for OU, men's, uh, for OU women's over in 3-2-1. We owe you a lot from the weekend <laughs> of college basketball for Oklahoma the women knocking off Iowa State yesterday. Uh, Porter Moser's team getting a win on the road over Texas Tech, which I had the faith. I had the faith. Did you? We'll get to that coming up a little bit later on in the show. And, um, gosh, so much on the NFL. So much on the NFL to get to. I've got three different I got three different scenarios I want to lay out. Let me do one here real quick before we get to the best of the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Biggest turnaround of the season, Josh. Now, only one of these three teams are going to the playoffs. So I don't know if that will affect your decision. Okay. But but Detroit was 1-6, went 8-2 and two in their last 10 games, and finished the season 9-8. and eight. Pittsburgh was 3-7 and seven and went 6-1 and one over its last eight games. Jacksonville was 2-6. and six and in fact, you could probably make them three and seven too. They won seven of their last nine games, including five in a row, to make the playoffs for the first time since 2017. Which of those three do you view and say is the bigger turnaround? I'll add. I'll add a caveat. I said Detroit because they also traded away T.J. Hawkinson, which kind of gave the appearance that they were punting for the season. Yeah, I think it's Detroit too. Obviously, Jacksonville. It's an easy argument to make because. They're in the playoffs, right? Uh, they're they're right. one of the three that's actually still dancing here. Uh, Pittsburgh, Tomlin's been an institution there. The Steelers have been an institution in the National Football League for four-plus decades. Seems like regardless of what's going on, the Steelers are going to find a way to win football games. So their success almost works against them in this argument, even though I do think that they wildly overachieved relative to the roster and obviously after the poor start they got. I think just – my expectations of Jacksonville thinks right that it's got its franchise quarterback of sure. the future in Trevor Lawrence and Detroit. I think this is probably one year ahead of schedule for a lot of people. So I'm just wowed with what they've been able to do coming down the home stretch. I know they they don't make the uh, NFL playoffs here, but uh, man, if I'm a, a Motor City fan, I got to be so excited 
finally so excited about what the future with uh, those pass rushers can look like in Detroit. And, uh, you know, we'll see what the long-term plan is at quarterback. I'm guessing that uh, probably they'd like to do something other than Goff going forward. But uh, good for them, man. Campbell's a fun guy to root for. I'm picking Detroit. Picking Detroit out of the biggest turnaround. I like it. That's what I went with, too. I've got uh, biggest implosion and biggest underachiever still to come. These will probably be full segments over the next few months on the ref. (laughs) Just give me a heads up. These are what we call teasers in the biz. All right, Josh, uh, even though the Air Comfort Solutions text line is not functional for me today, you have the magic touch. Give me a couple that have really caught your eye here in hour number one. Into hour two brought to you by, of course, Allison Insurance. So we've talked a lot of Marvin Mims. What does it mean for Oklahoma? Here you go. Uh, Just to lay the foundation for those of you just joining us in hour two. Air Comfort Solutions tax line. My biggest concern for the wide receiver room is, yes, while it's very talented, it's mostly unproven talent outside of two or three guys. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, And and like I said, we'll go back and forth on this for, you know, a couple months before spring. Right then, we'll all get the spring football game, and we'll draw our overreactive, knee-jerky conclusions from that, which is fine, which is fun, which is part of what we do. Uh, and and then we'll fight about it for an entire summer, right? Um, but it's a good point. Hey, I fully believe that Jaden Gibson and Nick Anderson are going to be good college receivers. Fully believe it in my heart of heart. I just need to see something, and I haven't seen anything. You know, Jane Gibson had a couple drop passes. I don't care about a one-handed catch. Practice, you know, credit Darren Smith for getting a good video of it, right? That's that's probably been the biggest enemy of Jaden Gibson so far this season. But I need Nick Anderson to stay healthy. And if they do, they look that part, right, Josh? They look like dudes. They look like what an NFL receiver looks like is what I would say about Jaden Gibson and and Nick Anderson. You know, you look at them, you're like, oh, okay. All right, they've got that size. They've both got to bulk up a little bit. But they look like what you expect to see a guy playing on Sunday. So we'll, we'll see if they can make the most of it. All right, well, you got a couple more that caught your eye, caught your eye. Yeah, a couple more. You buy into this or not, It's th- this is what the texter says. It's tough to believe in the receivers when we still don't know who the wide receivers coach is going to be. No, no, I don't buy into that at all. You're telling me that Brent Venables in all of the things that we, but I understand, right? I get the question. I'm just not buying it, right? That's not an excuse to me. You're, you're on, you're on the team. You didn't go in the portal. You got a head coach. that seems pretty committed to a very simple idea, which is what Josh how you do anything is how you do everything. So, I, bottom line for me, yeah, no, I don't care who. You got a coach. You got LD Washington. You got LaDamian Washington. And if you're not giving maximum effort from a guy that's been there with you all season long or not focused how you need to be in your workouts because there might be a different coach, well, that's. That's a you problem in my world, in Chris Plank's world. That's a you problem. Go play. Your, and if you don't like it, you know, I want you to stay. Vince McMahon, I want you to stay around. I want you to be a part of it. But really, if that's something that's bothering you right now, 
you got to focus as if LD is going to be your guy. Because I, I think he's going to be on the staff regardless, Josh. He's not getting fired. It was an underachieving position last year. And a complete Marvin Mims had some horrific drops, right? And you didn't get consistently big games from Farouk. But I think you got to continue to work as if that's your guy, if you're any of these dudes. I don't buy that as an excuse. Now, maybe I'm being a hard A about it. I don't know. But, you know, it's a, it's a different era. It's a different mindset in a lot of ways. I, I did laugh at this camo sooner. Good text. Uh, a couple of good texts from camo sooner. Bothroyd sounds like he could be a character on Star Wars or Star Trek. Does. Very good. Very good. <laughs> and then, look, you send this camo sooner, and you take Plank and I down this path, and we'll walk this path with you the rest of the show here. Does this sudden momentum push TCU to the top of the Big 12 hierarchy when Oklahoma and Texas leave for the SEC? Because, hey, guess what? It is a national championship Monday. I Plank, I think that if TCU wins this game, it's gigantic. I do worry for TCU's sake that if they lose it and kind of get smacked around or lose convincingly in this game that, yeah, we're talking about this being a flash-in-the-pan type season for TCU. Sure. I just tend to subscribe to the theory that, yeah, national championships for a place like TCU where that's not been happening and does right. not happen. Yeah, you can get me to sign up for the theory that this could be program-altering. Absolutely. We're talking about a national championship tonight for TCU. It's, you know, I've talked about Glass Onion, and I really thoroughly enjoyed watching it. And I'm not giving anything away here, but they call themselves the disruptors. But you kind of find out at least from what I took away, all of them are a little bit fraudulent in that. So, you know, are you getting a true disruptor in which things are going to change from here on out for, you know, non-blue bloods in Power 5 programs? Are you getting a bit of a fraud of a disruptor? Or are you just getting a clear outlier? You know, that to me is, is what I don't necessarily know if it'll truly get answered tonight, but you have a pretty good indication if TCU goes out there and gets housed, right? If they just get absolutely annihilated tonight by Georgia, then I think the outlier discussion or maybe even that dreaded F word, fraud, starts to be brought up. But they're not a fraud to me. They're playing for the freaking national championship, right? They didn't luck into a win over Michigan. No, Josh, I have quite the dichotomy of, of hate tweets that I want to share with you coming up later in the program. Quite the mix of you pathetic Homer for the Big 12 to how dare you disrespect TCU and the Big 12. I'll share that coming up next. But to the, uh, the, the bigger question, right, does this elevate TCU to the top of the Big 12 going forward? Barry Trammell's got an article this morning with a headline, TCU plays Georgia. Well, I, I don't think this is the full headline, but this was the tweet. TCU plays Georgia for the national title, and the Horn Frogs appear to have replaced OSU and Baylor as the likely dominator of the future Big 12. Now, if you were to, and Andy Staples and I talked about this the other day, if you were to look at the nine years the nine years of the four-team playoff, and if in those nine years, Josh, 
TCU, I'm sorry, the Big 12 had, you know, 12 teams. Um, hold on. In the nine years of the four-team playoff, if we were actually a 12-team playoff, the Big 12 would have had multiple teams on six occasions. Now, on four of those six occasions, Oklahoma was one of the multiple teams, and Texas was one of them in another year. So they've they've put teams in position, right, to play for a national championship. Now it's just a matter of, all right, do you have to win one to truly get over that hump? And then in winning one for TCU, I mean, does that clearly separate them from the remaining pack with Oklahoma and Texas leading? That's the question going forward, right? Oh, I, I mean, it absolutely separates you from the pack if you do that. N- nobody else has done that, right? No. I mean, Oklahoma and Texas included, dating back to the mid-2000s, both of those two programs who are, you know, the uh, the weight carriers for the Big 12, they've been trying to get back. So, I, to me, yeah, it's an exponential difference in anything that either – look – Oklahoma State and Baylor have done some nice things. K-State was your Big 12 champion this season by beating TCU. It's a different tax bracket when you're talking about winning a national championship. All right, we'll take a timeout. It's 10-16. It's Monday. We're at Newcastle Casino with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. Keep the text to coming. 405-651-3439. When we come back. Quite the weekend for OU Hoops. We'll hear from Porter Moser and Jenny Baranchek as the Sooners get two big wins in conference play. This is the ref. I mean, literally, Josh, literally. When I take the equipment home with me, there's the paranoia all weekend. Hey, don't forget, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to take all the equipment to Newcastle on Monday. Don't let it get stolen out of your car. You know all these really important things. And then when you feel good about packing everything up and you get here to Newcastle Casino on a Monday where you're going to watch the championship game tonight inside Front Row Sports Bar. I hope my man Jackson ain't working that late tonight. But they've got – you're not working the championship game, right, Jackson? Oh, you are? Look at that. Look at that, ladies. Jackson, lady killer over here. Look out. Uh, But they got great happy hour deals. That will be taking place all day long. So come enjoy – the national championship matchup tonight between TCU and Georgia. Now, I was I was told by those over at Sirius XM College, Josh Helmer, that I needed to make a pick on this game. Um, I went with Georgia 31, TCU 28. Am I being too optimistic for the Horned Frogs' chances? Maybe. <laughs> Short answer, maybe. Okay. Probably. I can accept that. I can Probably. accept that. That's fine. That's fine. Um, but it'll be fun tonight. I can't. I just can't wait to watch how it plays out. Um, are, are we rooting for TCU as a whole? 405-651-3439. I think it's a fair question. Are we rooting for TCU? Is I think there's a certain part of. So I have like this personality, I guess, defect to where sometimes – Oh, and I can admit it here. I'm, I've grown to just accept how good the Chiefs are, but man, am I bitter 
that they've just dominated the West the way that they have. And at first, I wanted to see them go in the playoffs and just get beat. Just go in there and get beat. But now I'm at that point where it's like, what good does that do if they go and they get beat? You know, is they're dominating your league at the, or your division at the very least. Why not be a Super Bowl champion that's dominating your division, right? So I used to be of the mindset of, well, if my team can't do it, I don't want anyone in my division to do it. Do you think there's a certain sense of that with Oklahoma leaving the Big 12? Well, we don't want anyone else in the Big 12 to do it unless it's us. That personality trait that's probably pretty toxic of mine, Josh. Do you feel like that's something that could permeate through the Sooner Nation tonight, too? I don't think there's any doubt that okay. that is right. a, I'm not going to say the majority opinion, but that's that's a strong sentiment out there for sure. Because guess what? Okay. Oklahoma's gone into this thing, and save for one historic Rose Bowl game, which, you know, hey, both college football playoff semifinals were great this year. I still think the Rose Bowl is the best you've ever seen in the college football playoff, Oklahoma and Georgia. Save for that, the other appearances in the CFP have been largely embarrassing for Oklahoma. And so for TCU to get right in and beat Michigan and then perhaps turn around and win a national championship, I I get it. Yeah, if you're an Oklahoma fan out there where you're saying to yourself, this just sucks. <laughs> I get it. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Be toxic, fam. Be toxic. <laughs> All right, I sent you. Did you get the uh, the cuts that I sent you off of the magic that no one seems to use anymore, which is electronic mail? I got the electronic so, mail. Which would you like? Um, You know, the, the last one is maybe one of the best ones. When Porter was asked what this means, not just, you know, not just, by the way, I just realized how I label these are, are, are terrible. Here's one that says Porter on what it means, Porter on D, Porter needed this, and Porter on Jalen. Gosh, you think I rushed through that a little bit when I realized I forgot my patched cord this morning? <laughs> uh, Porter on what it means. We know what is it. It's quad one win on the road which is a big deal when you start thinking about the NCAA tournament. But inside that locker room, Porter Moser, what does this win over Texas Tech on Saturday night mean? Oh, that's, uh, we, we, we huddled up, and we got together, and we just said, this feeling right here, this feeling is why you grind so hard, you stay together, you believe, because you, in this league it's going to be so ups and downs, but you just got to keep fighting because there, it, it's that feeling in there. It, 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 it was great. I mean, for these guys, they really needed it, and uh, coming back off those two close games at home, and um, and, and now we go to Lawrence. Why not us? Yeah. And uh, you know, I'm excited to get a win, and now we got a short turnaround. We, we're going back to uh, Norman tonight, and then um, you got Sunday, and we leave Monday uh, for another hostile environment. But man, these guys are, are scrapping. Yeah, they're scrapping. No question about it. All right, and then you know, I think there's a Captain Obvious moment in here. I know Tech was a little dinged up, but they 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 played well at times on Saturday night. They really made it hard. I know the Sooners got hot during a stretch there in what would be kind of what the um, early part of the second half, late first half, really, really started shooting the ball well. But Oklahoma needed this. And here's what Porter Moser said just about getting to the point where you got that win, 
got over the hump and just needing a performance like this? Just a gutsy performance. I mean, just a. I mean, Texas Tech doesn't make it look pretty, but I thought we had some unbelievable ball movement. We were spraying the ball, moving the ball um, against one of the top defenses in the country, and uh, just the, just the gutsiness of, of the guys to stay with it after a couple days ago, just having another heartbreak loss. But um, this was a great. It's going to be a quad one road victory in the bank, and uh, every game is going to be an opportunity. But just needed this. We needed this with, with for some belief. Um, and they got it. Did that cut off right there? Yeah, they're all cutting off at the, the last couple of seconds, so just heads up on oh. that. I don't know why that is. That's just what's happened. Hmm, that's weird. All right, let's uh, – oh, that one was a little bit longer. Oh, well. Uh, Porter on the D and the defense and how well that it played on Saturday night in Lubbock. You know, I thought we did a really good job guarding a three, too. They hit a three early, and then they had that three late. Um, other than that, there were two for 18 from three, so I think we guarded it. Um, but, you know, he's just so good. And, you know, and I thought Davion, you know, he, he just goes in there trying to draw fouls, and uh, he got the whistle down there. And, uh, but um, I thought, uh, you know, Banner's an all-league player in my mind, and uh, I thought making him work, you know, five for 17. He had 15 points, but he got 17 shots, and I thought we made him work. Oh, hey, I got one right. Maybe it was a me screw-up. And then one more, Josh, here from Porter Moser after Oklahoma's win over Texas Tech this past weekend on, I almost said Jalen Hurts, on Jalen Hill and overall the, the group effort in trying to defend and slow down Texas Tech. Yeah, we, we iso Jalen the one time on the elbow. Um, then Jalen uh, got free in transition one time. Um, we uh, we ran an action where his man helped. And I think Jalen got a, I think he got an offense. But, but we were trying to um, we did, uh, we were running these actions that when come back and, and try to sweep baseline and then either spray it. But then they started going out to the shooters and that left a, a clear pass. Los laid a couple up on the same action. Jalen laid it up on the same action. Um, I thought Bijan did a nice job. C.J. Nolan did a nice job. Um, you know, it's just tough. I feel for Tanner, man. He, he gets he got five fouls in 23 minutes again. I'm not going to really say much on air with this, but it's it's uh, man. He gets pounded, and uh, and uh, so just glad we overcame that. And uh, but just a lot of gutsy plays uh, because here's what what's really hard. You can, you're sitting here is every time they make a run, this crowd is incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if they make one basket in trying to get a run, you have to answer. I thought we answered the bell a bunch. And um, I know we lost a 10-point lead, but it was uh, it was a scrappy. I mean, um, I think the longer ones, it's cutting off. Are you able to download them? Because they're playing okay on my end. Anyway, who cares? You guys got the gist of Sorry. it. Sorry. Explain something to me. This doesn't make any sense. Oklahoma goes on the road, gets a quad one win, right? They improve on the season to 10-5 and five overall. Massive road win, right? Their first quad one win of the season. How, how do you drop in the net rankings? How do you go from being 47th to 48th? Does that make any sense at all? I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the right website, right? NCAA lists these and... It's got Houston 1, followed by Tennessee, Yukon, Kansas, and Purdue. Um, but here's Oklahoma, who was 47th in the net rankings. They go on the road and they win, and they drop a spot? How is this even humanly possible? I'm not going to pretend to understand the net rankings like I feel like I don't understand 
uh, what the RPI was. And sure as heck don't understand the RPI they use in Diamond Sports. But I, I guess, I mean, you finally get that necessary quad one win on the road. How you dip a spot, Josh? I don't have a good answer for you on that. Yeah, that's that's pretty puzzling. It claims it's updated too, so I got no idea. The uh, the what obvious a- simple answer would be other people got really good wins around you, but Oklahoma got a good win. It's a quad one yes. road win, so I I don't have a good answer for you. I don't know. That makes zero sense to me, but hey, I don't care. They won the game. That's what they needed more than anything else. A big-time dub for Oklahoma and the Sooners uh, will roll into tomorrow night against Kansas in Fog Allen Fieldhouse looking to do something that, gosh, they haven't done in a long time. And, oh, by the way, a weird weekend in the Big 12, Josh, where every single road team won. Every road team won in the Big 12 this weekend. Oh, you went on the road, won at Tech. Kansas State went on the road, ended up winning at Baylor and Waco and Jerome Tang's return. Kansas went on the road and won to West Virginia. Oh, did I mention Oklahoma Tech? Texas goes on the road. They win at Oklahoma State. I feel like I'm leaving someone out, right? Did Iowa State go on the road and win? Yeah, there you go. Iowa State went on the road and won. I mean, it's just it makes it just magnifies how challenging this league's gonna be. And I'll tell you what. Uh, no, I'm sorry. It was TCU that went on the road and won this weekend. No, 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 I'm sorry, sorry. Iowa State went on the road and won this weekend. I was trying to do this all by memory. It might help with one click of the button, right? Now you're not even in a position to where you feel good with home court. <laughs> Iowa State wins at TCU, and suddenly they're 3-0, and they're a problem. And now you have Kansas, whom you always expect at the top, and suddenly you have Kansas State, who is a roster that's just <laughs> loaded with, with, with transfer dudes that I feel like we've seen start other places. And they're playing this brand of basketball that is just fun to watch. They're a problem. I mean, 0-3 right now in this league is a team that four seasons ago, three seasons ago, played in the national championship game, Uh, a team that won the national championship two years ago, and a perennial tournament team in West Virginia. Those are your 0-3 teams right now in this league, Josh. And none of those games are going to be cake when you go to Waco or Morgantown or play them on your home court. It's a wildly competitive league. Every single game is going to be brutal. Every game, man. It's going to be brutal. And, oh, by the way, Oklahoma's out-of-conference Big 12 SEC Challenge, congratulations, you get Alabama, who just so happens to be incredible this season, which that's good news, right? I mean, for a league where, man, it's going to be difficult every single night to win, and that's uh, frustrating in a sense. There's no rocking chair games. Thank you very much, Kevin Henry. You know, the out-of-conference game being Alabama, if you struggle at times in the league play, just getting that little feather in the cap there, if you can pull it off inside the LNC, could go a long ways toward uh, an eventual at-large bid. Wild, man. Wild. League teams, uh, road teams in this league go 5-0 this weekend. I'm okay with another road win on Tuesday night. I'm fine with that. Do you think if Oklahoma wins on the road against Kansas, they might actually move up in the net rankings? Would that finally allow them to move up? Look, I think if I think if Oklahoma wins at Kansas, we might prepare for the end of humanity because it doesn't seem like it's been possible for this program to do. Would be huge. <laughs> Would be huge. Be massive.
All right, quick break. When we come back, hit the best of the Air Comfort Solutions text line. If you want to jump here uh, on the phones, 405-329-9000. We are at Newcastle Casino. That's Newcastle Casino on a Monday. Tonight, front row sports bar will have the national championship game. Uh, there's live OTB going on from Gulfstream Park as we speak. Their off-track betting facility is just upstairs here. Tons to do. Come see us at Newcastle. It's a plank show. One of the great things on this show, on this station, is we have such a diverse group of hosts with their knowledge, interests, and expertise. For instance, if I need tactical, geographical, and lawn issues resolved, or even, you know, handyman stuff, I can turn to Ted. Turn to Teddy Lehman. When I need anything in the AFC West, our Kansas City sports-related, Josh, I can turn to you. If it's Rangers baseball, I got TJ. If it's fully understanding the complex nature of this radio business, I can turn to Tyler McComas. But when it comes to truly understanding the net and the RPI, there is one man that we turn to, Sooner Nation. You know who that man is. It's one Toby Rowland, who, as the voice of the Sooners, pointed out something pretty interesting, which now makes a little bit more sense. And I don't know if... I was getting dog cussed on the Air Comfort Solutions text line because I guess much like not knowing that the um, that the exit numbers are the same on highways as the mile markers, <laughs> I guess I didn't realize that with the net rankings and what the NCAA posts, their improvement or drop is from the week before in other words here's what t rose said the sooners net ranking before the texas tech game was actually 58 the ncaa website has that plus minus in the spots where they are in the rankings on a week-to-week basis so technically they're down a spot from last monday so the NCAA's website doesn't update their rankings, Josh, based on where they were before the game on Saturday night. They update it from the last time that they posted the rankings, which was on Monday. So the Sooners were 47th, the men's team, in net rankings on Monday. They lost to Iowa State at home, and that dropped them to 58th. And then they beat Texas Tech, and it moved them back up to 48th. So, in other words, if you just happen to pull it up like I did, where it's like, oh, you know, we're third game in the conference season. Let's kind of see how these net rankings are looking. I don't think I've quite got to the point yet where I'm necessarily looking at Joe Lenardi's bracketology, but I am kind of intrigued to see where this team is and to see that net ranking and to see them actually drop was a little bit jarring. I'm not going to lie. But in understanding the why now behind it, that makes a little bit more sense, right, I think? Yes, Toby, I'd just like to say, I'm stupid, you're smart. <laughs> I was wrong, you were right. You're the best, He's right. I'm the worst. Yes, so thank you, Toby, for it. keeping us uh, educated. 
Yeah, no, no, no question about it. Not very smart on my part. You would think that that would have been something that I would have noticed, but I just, I'm going to say this, and this isn't to try to defend myself even more. Um, I think that's really a little bit odd in such a fluid ranking, something that changes from like game to game. If it's a once a week ranking, right, then okay, I get it. If you're talking about the AP or the coaches poll, then Josh, that makes sense to me that you would say, oh, this is where they were last week and this is where they are now. But this is, this changes like every single game. So, I, you know, NCAA is going to have their way of doing it. Who am I to question it? I guess it works. So the Sooners did improve, but it was only after they had dropped from the loss to Iowa State. We all, we all in agreement that we got this thing figured out in some way, shape, or form, Josh. It's all we adding got up there. now. It's all adding up. It took us a while, but we got there. All right, I have no – this has been – you can look at it either way you want, either a fantastic day or a miserable day because I have zero access to the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Um, I don't know why. I don't know if uh, I had my application revoked. Or, or what happens here? So, Josh, before we move into some in-depth stuff on TCU and Georgia and hit the top five stories today, anything you definitely want to hit on from the Air Comfort Solutions text line? Just a, a heads up out there. Yes, Devon Sears about to make his announcement top of the hour. So we'll be monitoring that and uh, share Ooh. said decision with you uh, when it comes down. I, I'm looking here. I don't see that uh, any crystal ball projections have been Good. Uh, put in on 247. <laughs> yeah. I know you love crystal ball projections. So, uh, choosing between Oklahoma, Tennessee, Penn State. Uh, obviously, uh, I, I think, uh, what, had the Tennessee visit this past weekend. Oklahoma before that. So, we'll see. We'll all find out together, ladies and gents, uh, top of next hour. Okay, so 11 a.m. this morning, we'll hear from Devon Sears, who is from everything that – that we've been able to garner from this, and I'm not, please, gosh, we're all so sensitive now. I'm not trying to be negative, but it really seems like he is enjoying this process that he's going through, right? It seems like if you look at his Twitter feed, it's, hey, who's who's shown me the most love, things of that nature, right? This is a dude that really seems to be uh, enjoying the process. And I'm not going to pretend to understand what Devon Sears recruitment look like out of high school but kudos to him you know he's he's letting it play out he's going to make his announcement at 11 a.m today let's see if he becomes yet another addition to the defensive line i would assume the interior of the defensive line along with jacob lacy and josh we've talked about it a lot back in the first hour the addition of rondell bothroyd is is nice for another edge rusher which you add with trace ford and I think Trace Ford can be a little position versatile, and we'll see what Deshaun McCullough looks like. But now, in what we, we we think that Devon Sears can be, this is a dude that comes in, if if he does indeed choose the Sooners coming up at 11 a.m. this morning, you know, this is a guy that comes in and at 6'3", 295, get in that Schmitty program for a little bit, maybe boost up even a little bit more. You know, he's a guy that's got a chance to – you know, figure into that defensive tackle rotation, it looks like. 
And as we talked about, I, I, look, everybody come on down, right? All the help we can get, Trace Ford, Bothroyd, uh, on and on and on. Everybody come on down. Devon Sears, sure. I wonder if Bothroyd's decision doesn't impact Sears' decision a little bit and that teeter-totters him more toward Tennessee or Penn State. We'll see. Really? E- even though they play different positions? Or at least we think they're going to play different positions? Just Yeah, snap counts up front. We'll see. Defensive tackle, you're right, though. Oklahoma needs help there. I don't know. I don't know. You know, and, and I I would love to see what the pitch process looks like in these. Um, Todd Bates, Brent Venables would love to sit in on one of these sometimes. But, you know, what kind of questions do guys like these ask? Is that, hey, what's my snap count look like? Is, you know, obviously you would think that dudes would come in when they're visiting and it's more than just, Hey, what do your facilities look like? What is this? You would think that it's also, you know, roster and, and snap related. So 20 minutes away from Devon Sears making his announcement, the Texas State defensive lineman. We'll see if he chooses Oklahoma. All right, quick break. It's 1048. We owe you some TCU Georgia talk. We'll do it next. You know, we haven't. We haven't touched this show, Josh, on the National Football League from Sunday and, and Saturday too terribly much. I, I think it might be fair to say I don't know if anyone looked better this weekend than your your boys. I mean, when you're doing ring around the rosy and scoring a touchdown and everyone else is – I mean, the Bengals looked good against the Ravens, but even they struggled a bit. The Bills gave up a lot of big plays in the pass game to Mac freaking Jones. I, I, the Eagles struggle. I mean, I'm just I'm looking all over the NFL. Out, if you were to say after week seven, or excuse me, after week eighteen, who's the favorites to play in the Super Bowl? I, I understand there's a lot of emotion right now in Buffalo, and I completely understand, and I'm not trying to minimize it or, or say anything negative about it so please don't take me not picking buffalo to mean that but i think the two teams that have looked the best right now are the niners and the in the chiefs and i think they're on a collision course right now i think we're on a collision course for a brock purdy patrick mahomes super bowl josh well if that Based happens on what i saw this week in the last few weeks if that happens, I do not like San Francisco to get revenge over Kansas City in a Super Bowl rematch. <laughs> I like Mahomes to get his second ring. It'll be tough, though. I mean, obviously, Kansas City lost to both Buffalo and Cincinnati. We'll see, uh, you know, whether or not it's a neutral site AFC championship game or if Kansas City can get there. I just can't wait. Playoff football is going to be great. Kansas City was uh, obviously uh, very impressive. How about just the the moment of the kicker turn for Buffalo? It was pretty oh, awesome, was it not? Pretty awesome, dude. I thought it was one of the – I mean, from that moment forward, you kind of thought there's no way New England's winning this football game. Right. This is just this is just not going to happen for New England here tonight. But I'm not going to lie, dude. That was, that was one of those moments where you just kind of stop and you – D. Gordon, remember after Miami the Mar- or Florida, the Marlins lost their pitcher in the tragic boat wreck? Mm-hmm. And D. Gordon goes up and hits that leadoff home run. Um, I, those are those moments where you're just 
this is crazy. You got to be kidding me, right? How is this even possible that something like this is happening? So I, I loved, I loved the tributes this week, and I thought it was really cool. I'm glad to see Demar Hamlin is is doing much better. But Josh, you're right. That kick return this weekend was great, but it still took Buffalo two kick returns to beat New England. Um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but Jacksonville could not get anything going against Josh freaking Dobbs and a beat-up Tennessee Titan defense, so I'm not ready to go crown Trevor Lawrence yet like some of you are. Who am I leaving out as the other division? Well, uh, so you got Buffalo, Kansas City, Cincy. Jacksonville. and C- Okay, Cincy looked okay, right? Cincy looked good. I know that they played the – that they got a little bit bent card because they feel like they got hosed as far as having a chance to play for the one seat. Um. But really, I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of the bracketing. I don't think we're going to have to worry about home field advantage in the in the in neutral field. Excuse me. I don't. You like the Bengals to beat the Bills? I like the Bengals to beat the Bills a lot. If <sighs> be- if Mike Williams wouldn't have got hurt, then I might like Kansas or the Chargers a little bit more. But I think we're looking at a rematch in Arrowhead of Cincinnati and Kansas City. Man, I really do. If it plays out that way where Cincinnati takes care of Baltimore and Buffalo takes care of Miami, dude, that that divisional game between those two is going to be incredible. Bananas. What'd you, oh, listen, we got a break. I keep promising can, uh, TCU and Georgia talk, and we're going to get there, but there's so many amazing stories from the NFL this weekend, and we haven't even started on the offseason of Aaron. We'll get to it next in our top five stories of the day, including an announcement from Devon Sears coming up. And we'll bring it to you first right here on The Ref with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Blank. We are at Newcastle Casino on the home of Sooner fans. And I got wood, but I know someone who-